Hey guys, today we're going to be talking about the S&P 500 again. Um, so this is for people that index part of their portfolio or just want to get a, a more broad view instead of looking at single stocks. Uh, but um, last week we looked at uh, these returns but without dividends and this week will be with dividends. So let's go. And the first question we should ask is, should we look at historical returns with or without dividends? And the answer depends on um, what index and strategy you are using. If you are buying accumulating ETFs, such as VUAG, uh, that's an accumulating S&P 500 ETF from Vanguard, it makes sense to look at uh, S&P historical returns with dividends included or reinvested. On the other hand, if you are reinvesting, um, yeah, not reinvesting the dividends, if you are buying distributing ETFs such as VOO, uh, and that's another S&P 500 ETF, one of the most known ones, then uh, it makes sense to look at historical returns without dividends and to add the dividend uh, on top of the, the returns, so calculate it separately. Let's take a quick look at um, the difference in returns and the calculations between accumulating and distributing ETFs. Um, the, time frame, the time frame we will use is the last 20 years, so uh, 2000 to 2020. Um, the S&P historical returns were 2.5% KHR, net of inflation, and you had a 1.4% annual dividend yield. So had you bought a distributing S&P 500 ETF, you would calculate it by summing 2.5%, that is the S&P historical return in those 20 years, and add the dividend on top of that. Um, so you would use uh, the return without dividends and then add um, the 1.4 um, on the side. And, the, and you will arrive at a 3.9% KHR for a distributing ETF. For accumulating ETFs, um, you would uh, simply compute um, the return Based, uh, based on reinvesting dividends. And that is done all in the same calculation. And if had you done that, we, you have historical data available on some websites. Uh, mine was taken from Money uh, Shimp. Uh, you have the link in the written post if you want to try it yourself. You would arrive at 4.3%. Uh, uh, and so, uh, as a little conclusion, for an accumulating ETF, that's 4.3% with reinvesting dividends over 20 years. And um, for a distributing ETF, 3.9%, which is, of course, lower because you are not compounding so much money. This goes to show that uh, whether um, you are reinvesting dividends or not, uh, it makes a difference when looking at historical returns. So. First of all, you need to assess your current situation. Then you look for the returns, uh, the type of returns that suit you. 
Um, it, it should also be said that the calculations that we were just talking about were pre-capital gains tax. So if you pay capital gains tax on top of this, you have to factor it into um, in order to look at net profits. Now let's look at the 10-year charts for rolling KJRs for S&P 500 uh, returns. Uh, both nominal and real. Uh, you have the, the chart uh, on the written post. Uh, historically speaking, not every 10 period, a 10 year period of investing in the S&P 500 has guaranteed purchasing power protection. On the bright side, uh, it only happened 18 times compared to 123 uh, positive periods. Um, so, on, on one hand, 18 periods of not protecting your purchasing power. So real uh, rolling 10-year uh, KJRs in real terms were negative. On the other hand, you have um, 123 periods that did. And uh, in most of them, you also increased your purchasing power. So 13% of all 10-year periods have provided negative real returns for S&P 500 investors. So what about a 20-year period? Um, the 20-year period chart looks uh, way better. Um, we have 130 periods of positive KJRs and no periods whatsoever of negative real returns. So uh, historically, uh, again, this is history. This may not happen in the future, but it looks to, to help uh, to the past and historically the S&P 500 um, has never provided negative real returns to investors over a 20-year period. Um, if you were here last week you know that this is not true had you not uh, reinvest, reinvested all of your dividends. Uh, so what we are uh, saying here today is for people that again buy ETFs that reinvest dividends. Uh, and this is great news. So this historically means that um, if you buy uh, accumulating ETFs, S&P 500 ETFs, over a 20-year period, um, the, the chances are on your side uh, to protect your purchasing power. Let's go a little bit further. Um, what's the range of returns during that period? Um, the, the median uh, return, so half of the, those periods uh, provided you a, re a real return of uh, six, around 6.5%, uh, and half, half of them provided a return below that, half of them a return uh, over that. Uh, the average is similar, uh, so the average uh, was 6.7%, uh, so it's around the, the same number. Uh, the minimum return was 0.6%. Uh, so uh, the worst case scenario historically was uh, protecting your purchasing power and increasing it a little bit for 0.6% uh, KJR over 20 years. And the maximum was uh, 13, uh, around 13%. So that's real wealth. Um, in, don't forget that uh, this is pre-capital gains. Um, again, if you pay, for example, 20% capital gains tax on top of this, uh, it becomes less. Uh, 
Um, so if you are one of those that pays 20% uh, capital gains tax, it, it is around 5 uh, to 6% uh, historically over 20-year periods in real terms. Um, don't forget that some people also pay taxes on dividends. It depends on the jurisdiction and the country. So it can be in, even lower than that in real terms. But 5 to 6% compounding over 20 years, uh, it, is, it is pretty good. And finally, let's also look at the 40-year period, just out of curiosity. Uh, the 20-year one was, uh, was positive enough, but let's look at the 40-year one. Uh, interestingly, the 40-year one is not uh, that much different from the 20-year the one. The big difference, the, mini, the median return and the average return is about the same, so 6.5%. But the minimum and the maximum um, are more um, stuck together. So the minimum is 3.5% over a 40-year period, and the maximum is 10%. Um, not only um, the, the, the conclusion is that not only the S&P 500 has historically protected your money in every 20 to 40-year uh, period, it also uh, increased, not only protected, but increased your purchasing power by at least 3.5% uh, KHR over every 40-year period. Um, and again, that's pre-tax and pre-dividend tax if you pay tax on dividends too. Uh, and no wonder that dollar cost averaging into a 500 S&P 500 ETF is so uh, often recommended. Keep in mind that these returns are for someone buying accumulating S&P 500 ETFs with no tax on dividends. Um, if you had bought uh, distributing S&P 500 and pay dividend tax, returns would have been uh, lower. And that's it for today, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week.